This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. There's always next year is a mantra that many Canadians are counting on this year compared to last. And let's face it, after the affordability challenges and financial strains of 2023, we're all trying to stay positive. So what can we expect? We brought in some experts to share their thoughts and offer advice to you on what you can be doing to safeguard your financial health as 2024 unfolds. So joining me for discussion is Jason Hilliard. He's the CEO of the Charter Professional Accountants of Newfoundland and Labrador and Professor Tony Fang from Memorial University's Department of Economics. So gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. Maybe before we get started, maybe you can each share a little bit more about yourself and your background. Jason, maybe I'll start with you. Yeah, so as you mentioned, uh, Nancy, I'm the CEO at CPA Newfoundland Labrador. Uh, we are the regulator of chartered professional accountants in the province uh, and have over 2,000 members. And certainly our members uh, use their financial acumen every day to support the strategic decisions of their clients, businesses, not-for-profit organizations, and government entities that they serve. Uh, and of course, that includes uh, a lot of uh, public practitioners providing services to uh, you know individuals that are probably listening in today. Thanks, Jason. And uh, Dr. Fang? Yeah, uh, I'm an economist and a uh, professor, and uh, I also hold the Jaroslawski staff and Jaroslawski chair, Economic Country Transformation and Memorial of the Newfoundland. Uh, my research team is dedicated to research in population dynamics, immigration, cultural diversity, and also Newfoundland Labrador economy. And uh, we hopefully we can share some lines on, uh, you know, how we proceed from here, uh, you know, uh, based on uh, our current research projects. That's great. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to discuss, right? So as we look at our economy, many Canadians and, of course, Newfoundland Labradorians are looking at, you know, what does 2024 hold? How is it going to compare to what we've been seeing the last couple of years, you know, inflation and, and interest rates and, and all that kind of stuff? And there's lots of places we could start, but maybe we'll start with the sentiment of Canadians. So focusing more on Atlantic uh, Canadians. So a recent Angus Reid survey shows that many are actually optimistic when it comes to their physical and mental well-being. But when it comes to their financial health, many continue to be concerned. According to the poll, 41% don't expect to see any change this year. One in five at 21% expect things will get worse. And one quarter of Atlantic Canadians polled expect more bad than good from 2024. So not, not that positive as we, as we start the year 2024, but the survey also shows it's younger Canadians who are feeling the financial pressure. So more than one quarter, 27% of those age 18 to 34 expect higher stress in the coming year, which is double the number of those older than 54. That's 13% that say the same. One quarter at 24% of those under the age of 35 expect their personal financial situation to worsen this year. And I'm not overly surprised by that 18 uh, to 34 sentiment because, you know, we're at a 20-year high when it comes to interest rates, right? So these people have never seen interest rates that they're seeing today and have been able to apply and obtain credit at very low rates for their adult life, really. 
So, Jason, when you look at these not overly optimistic financial forecasts for people, what is your reaction to the survey? And I guess, are you surprised by the responses at all? Yeah, I, I would say I'm not surprised at all by the responses. I guess not, not unsurprising, you know, that 18 to 34-year-old uh, group uh, are the ones that we're, are, you know, are likely looking to get into the housing market, would have, uh, you know, they're seeing some of the highest prices we've ever seen for uh, new homes, uh, and then interest rates being where they are, uh, as you said, at a 20-year high. So whereas, you know, those 54 and older are hopefully reaching the end of their mortgage uh, uh, things are paid off, their debt level is significantly reduced, so that interest rate wouldn't be having as significant of an impact on that group as it would on the younger. Um, but certainly with the, uh, you know, during the past year, we've heard constantly about high inflation, cost of living, housing prices, et cetera, so it's, it's certainly not surprising that that, uh, that group is, is significantly impacted. Yeah, and normally that age group would be earlier in their careers, right? So not in all cases, but in, in many cases, their income levels aren't going to be at the same rate as those that are sort of in their, their 50 to 55 age bracket. Now, you know, we all know that debt doesn't follow, um, you know, debt problems, I should say, don't follow income. How much you make does not uh, impact whether or not you're in financial difficulty. It's your ability to service the debt that you have. So I don't want to give the impression that lower income means there's more financial challenges because that's certainly not the case. In fact, the um, highest level of insolvency is in those between 45 and 55. So there's definitely seeing struggles there as well. But I think because it's something that those people would have seen uh, similar rates in their lifetime, it's not as big of a uh, impact or um, from the, from their, I guess, thought process around it. They've seen it before versus the 18 to 34s would never have seen interest rates this high or inflation this high, right, in, in their life. The concerns are, dare I say, pessimism is that so many Canadians may be feeling maybe in response to the recent comments of Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklin. He has been very clear when it comes what lies ahead for this year. And what I'm going to quote him here. It's going to be a year of transition. The first part is not going to feel good. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. So Dr. Fan, what's your response to this comment? And when you hear such a strong statement from the Bank of Canada Governor, uh, especially after a few tough years, what, what are you thinking? Yeah, since, uh, you know, a lot of happened since we did talk, you know, last year, I, I definitely agree with the uh, Bank of Canada governor that the not, next year will be a split year. Okay, the first year wouldn't be easy for a lot of Canadians, uh, especially uh, the, the homeowners, you know, the mid-low-income uh, households, they uh, you know, have the highest debt load because rising interest rates and also high inflation. Even the, that's been softening in uh, uh, recent uh, months, but the core inflation remained very sticky. You know, for example, the uh, food and energy items remain very high. So that really, you know, the consumers really feel the uh, the pinch uh, along with the um, homeowners, especially homeowners, because, you know, many of them have to renew the mortgages with high uh, mortgage rates next year. So, you know, uh, before, you know, the Bank Canada step in to cut interest rates. So I would imagine that, uh, you know, the uh, high cost living will uh, remain here before it goes be gets better. So I'm not so surprised. And also for 
the use, uh, the you know, I understand they might be very concerned about their future prospect, given many of them already been uh, heavy, uh, heavily, you know, uh, you know, loaded with with debts because of tuition expenses and also high cost of living, living expenses. So and also, you know, when the recession heads, right, the uh, labor market uh, turns sore and, uh, you know, the youth actually, participants usually suffer more uh, from the doubts. The youth employment rate, for example, unemployment rate usually doubles the uh, the rate for the, uh, the 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 adults. So I'm not so surprised that uh, you know those individuals and uh, population groups actually feel most of the pain and very feel very concerned about you know uh, what would happen uh, next year. Yeah, that's a really good point about the unemployment as well, uh, Dr. Feng, and the impact that that would have. Um, Jason, when you hear the Bank of Canada governor talk about the first part of the year not going to be good. How how bad do you think the first part of the year will be? You know, you know. Personally, I would say that what we're going to see in the first half of the year is probably going to feel a lot like the last part of, of 2023. I think uh, to to Dr. Fang's point, the the you know the people going back now and renewing mortgages and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, they've had an extended period where the renewals are, are a higher rate now. So you know, there'll be more people feel that pinch and probably more people coming up for renewal. Uh, so that part will be challenging. Um, you know, I, I think one thing we perhaps on, on the more optimistic side as, as the latter part of the year or as the year leads on is that we we ought to see, you know, salaries improving slightly with, you know, adjustments for inflation with their employers and then with inflation slowing, hopefully we'll start to see some stabilization or, or improvement even in their purchasing power again. Uh, maybe not back to uh, where it was, but better than it's been for the last few months. Uh, you know, and I don't really anticipate that we're going to see any significant change in interest rates one way or the other. I don't think we're going to see any significant improvement, maybe, you know, a, a small quarter of a point or something later in the year, but we're probably not likely to see a lot of increase either. Uh, so, you know, that odd to have stabilized, uh, providing inflation stays uh, sort of has it has been. Uh, you know, and, and then the interest rates that we're seeing today, I know it can be challenging uh, for folks with, uh, you know, having bought homes in, in uh, you know, higher markets than where they were 20 years ago when the rates were this high. Uh, but, you know, this is not the rates that we're seeing are not completely out of whack with what, you know, our older generation uh, perhaps would have experienced. And, and uh, certainly, you know, our, our seniors would have seen significantly higher than this. Uh, but even those in their 40s and 50s would have probably started their, um, you know, their housing purchases and their mortgages with rates very similar to what we're seeing today. So it's, um, you know, it's not somewhere we haven't been before. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. And, and like we're saying, they, these are, you know, 20-year highs when it comes to interest rates. But we know that it was done because the Bank of Canada was trying to curb inflation. I think the question is, is there things that they could have done differently? Um, were they too aggressive? So we're going to hear from Dr. Fang and Jason on that when we come back. Please stay with us. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. 
Welcome back. You're listening to your money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. I'm joined today by Jason Hilliard. He's the CEO of the Charter Professional Accountants of Newfoundland and Labrador and Professor Tony Fang of Memorial University's Department of Economics. So we're talking about the economy and what lies ahead for 2024. And we started to talk about interest rates and the decision that the Bank of Canada had made over the last 18 months to increase interest rates in order to curb inflation. So we know the Bank of Canada had to do something, right, to bring down inflation, but how aggressive has the bank been is the focus of many, many debates. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Dr. Fang. Has the central bank been too aggressive? And I guess could alternative measures have been considered by the central bank? Well, you know, uh, as I mentioned before, you know, the, the uh, Bank of Canada governor is really in a hot spot. <laughs> you know, the uh, has to, you know, make uh, the trade-offs on one hand, and uh, has done everything, you know, to contain inflation uh, by raising interest rate. And on the other hand, you know, by raising interest rate, it certainly will hurt the consumption. Uh, the homeowners just mentioned earlier, and then the use and so on, right, and our economic growth. And uh, I think in many ways, uh, you know, that kind of uh, radical uh, rate increases have, have, have done the job. For example, I mentioned that the inflation rate is uh, is softening, but, uh, you know, from the peak point, 8% to, I think, a lot, the third quarter is, um, you know, I think it's the latest number, uh, November, is down to 3%. Uh, however, you know, the issue there is that uh, the, the core inflation, uh, from energy and uh, the food item remains very, uh, you know, sticky. Uh, that's one thing. Another thing that Jason mentioned, I agree, is that the, our wage inflation is actually fairly high at about 5%. So if if that inflation spreads out, right, rest the economy, and then there's still potential risk of uh, uh, inflation even going higher. That's the reason why I think, you know, the Bank Canada why is very uh, prudent in terms of uh, first of all, raising uh, the interest rate quite rapidly. The second is that uh, when uh, the bank, uh, you know, is you know has is making decision to to uh, to turn the corner uh, and cut interest rate, and also we'll be also taking very prudent uh, uh, paces. For example, maybe we would expect uh, uh, for a quarter percentage of uh, reduction uh, next year, starting maybe mid of next year. And to from you know uh, five percentage, which is record high, to about a four percent at the end of uh, the year. So, so this is essentially you know I think it's conventional wisdom. I mean, there's no, it's not a you know hundred percent science in this area. So it's really kind of uh, you know trying and error kind of uh, strategy because, as I mentioned earlier, monetary policy would usually take a long time to to kick in to have effects. Right? You could overdone that. You could actually. Uh, undercut it. So uh, either way, the consequence would be uh, would be too great. So that's really why I think you know uh, the bank uh, you know I think hasn't done you know uh, a job early. I guess it's a tough job anyway. So but. Uh, it results in this, um, you know, uh, dramatic rate increases, and uh, which hurt the economy, the, you know, the consumers and homeowners, and, and the youth. Uh, you know, but I agree uh, that uh, you know things will probably get better. 
uh, after maybe a short uh, recession, you know, we we did have that contraction. Uh, the third quarter, maybe we we'll, we'll see that um, the, the uh, fourth quarter have similar kind of a trajectory. So we actually follow this technical uh, definition of recession. You know, two consecutive uh, uh, decline GDP, and uh, but uh, but hopefully we'll have uh, you know. Uh, short-lived recession, uh, contraction, whatever you call. And uh, so, yeah, again, I think, you know, maybe the bank has done, you know, uh, something that is not, uh, uh, you know, not desi- most desirable uh, at the beginning of rate increases. And uh, then knows the time, I guess, how to actually uh, mitigate that kind of uh, impact of rate hike. Yeah, and so that's a really great segue, Dr. Fang. You mentioned recession, and that's another really common debate right now among Canadians these days is around recession. And I have to say that the surveys I've seen show that Canadians are all over the place when it comes to are we in a recession, will we have a recession, um, are, you know, is it, has it started, is, is it coming later in the year, when in the year is it going to come? So a recent CIBC survey shows close to 7 in 10 Canadians believe we are in a recession or a about to enter one. And the same survey shows many believe they they can weather the storm financially. Another recent survey out earlier this month by Leger found nearly three quarters of Canadians are worried about a recession and concerned that it will mean even tougher economic times. So almost uh, the opposite in those two surveys. And some economists say that we're definitely heading towards a recession. Some believe we are already in one. Some say a recession is unavoidable amid the economic volatility that we're seeing. And some say a recession can still be avoided. Some believe, in fact, that it will be moderate and short-lived. So, again, we're all over the place, right, in what we're reading and hearing from uh, from different places on this. So there's no doubt that things are, are mixed, right, as we look at a recession and, and where we are currently and where we're going. So let's talk a little bit about that. Jason, when you look at all that's happening, what are your thoughts? Do you think we're in a recession or headed for one? Yeah, you know, I, I think we're probably already uh, likely feeling the effects of a recession, whether it's official or not, or, or gets called a recession or meets the technical definition, I guess, will remain to be seen. Um, however, with you know, from my vantage point, with the, the current tightness in the job market, it is less likely in my mind that we're going to see a significant negative impact uh, that you typically would have seen uh, with, uh, with significant job losses, et cetera. You know, certainly the job outlook in Newfoundland Labrador is still quite strong. We're, we're seeing a regular stream of uh, interprovincial workers coming here to fill uh, the needs of local construction projects and whatnot. Uh, and we see uh, the need for uh, significant international immigration in order to meet the needs of the business community, etc. So uh, for me, the significant job market uh, will help the recession not fall as deep uh, as what we would have witnessed in previous recessions. Uh, while certainly we're not immune, we are we are already seeing significant impact in our reduced purchasing power, uh, which will be farther impacted as mortgages renew and, and higher rates and whatnot. Uh, and we'll continue to see increases, I suspect, in cost of goods. But again, uh, you know, typically we would see this. Uh, 
significant job loss and whatnot, and I'm not so sure that we'll see it quite as deep as what would normally uh, follow a recession in the past. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. We had Justin Wayne just the other day actually for a consultation because they went to renew their mortgage, and their mortgage payment actually went up $1,200 from what they were previously paying. So they had to do something with their unsecured debt because they could no longer service their unsecured debt and afford to keep their, their home. So something had to give there. And we know that food prices as well, you mentioned you know, the, the cost of uh, goods. We know that food prices are going to continue to increase in 2024, not at the same pace. So we won't see the steep increase that we've seen over the last year, year and a half, but we are going to continue to see a rise in uh, things at the grocery store. We had uh, Sylvain Charles-Lebron a few weeks ago talking about that. So I guess from your perspective, Dr. Fang, how concerned should we be here in Newfoundland about our economy in the event of a recession? And what will a recession mean for our province? Yeah, certainly I agree with Jason. Uh, we certainly uh, observed the significant slowdown of our economy, national economy. Uh, uh, and, you know, at least from the perspective of uh, the economic growth, consumption per, ca- on ca- per capita basis, uh, we feel the pain. And uh, But I, I think, you know, in many ways, uh, I think Newfoundland Outdoor uh, really kind of, uh, you know, has uh, expert some kind of different patterns here because uh, our unique economic cycle. And, uh, for example, we anticipate that the oil gas output will pick up next year and following a slowdown this year. So that would certainly uh, uh, improve our economic outlook for Newfoundland Abador. And uh, uh, from maybe one point, uh, 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 what is called, uh, uh, 2.6%, uh, you know, to uh, 3.2%. So we we actually uh, kind of uh, entering this kind of interesting uh, period of growth because of unique economic cycle. The other is that in terms of uh, household debts and uh, national level, we have broken the records and uh, to reach at uh, almost 180% of uh, uh, disposal income a household. And however, uh, typically, you know, the uh, Household debt ratio actually are lower in uh, Atlantic Canada, and also because we have not experienced dramatic uh, uh, price appreciation uh, for our um, for our housing market. Uh, as a result, we don't expect uh, a dramatic uh, you know increase in uh, uh, in in household debt as a result of the housing correction nationwide. So that's the second thing. Uh, the third thing, as Jason mentioned, that. Uh, we it's this first couple of years, I mean, many decades, you know, the problem experienced uh, positive population growth, largely driven by immigration. Okay, so last year we have, uh, uh, you know, uh, accepted uh, more than 5,000 uh, newcomers in the, in the province. It certainly would have positive uh, uh, long-term effects on uh, provincial economy, and uh, especially in terms of filling labor skill shortages and uh, population growth and, and, and economic growth and so on and so forth. And, but in the short term, we probably would experience some uh, sh- uh, challenges, uh, as we heard uh, a lot of recent uh, uh, months, for example, uh, lack of uh, enough schools and healthcare workers and loadably housing uh, crisis in the province. So, so basically, yeah. I think, you know, uh, this uh, province will fail a little bit better uh, national-wide and 
also uh, in Atlantic Canada uh, in terms of the uh, the recession effects and labor market effects. And however, we are probably have to deal with another set of uh, uh, challenges. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's no doubt that at least in the short term, right, we're in for some tough economic times. But I think the important thing for people to focus on is what can you be doing to safeguard your financial well-being? So we're going to get into that when we come back. Please stay with us. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. I'm joined today by Jason Hilliard. He's the CEO of the Charter Professional Accountants in Newfoundland and Labrador and Professor Tony Fang from Memorial University's Department of Economics. So we're talking about the current economy and there's no doubt that Canadians, including many here in Newfoundland and Labrador, are facing a lot of economic uncertainty. It's really been a tough few years. First the pandemic, then the record high inflation, higher interest rates. It's a cost of living crisis, and we've been hearing from many an affordability crisis, right, for people here in Canada. And now a recession uh, is of concern. So how do you protect yourself and your financial well-being? That's what I want to focus on now. So, Jason, I'll start with you. I guess how concerned should we be right now regarding a recession? Right? We talked about it's definitely coming. In fact, we may already be there. There's some debate on that. Who do you think is most at risk? Yeah, certainly most at risk, I would say, are, are those that, uh, uh, you know, as people rein in spending, they're likely to, to cut out a lot of their discretionary spending. So the ones that would likely be more impacted will be your retail outlets, your restaurants, your tourism businesses, etc. You know, anywhere where if you look at your own financial picture and you sort of say, well, here are the things I have to pay, here are the things that I can cut back on. Uh, so w- once you start making that cutback, those are the business that are that may feel more of the pinch uh, and um, of course with uh, you know if, if they end up with uh, reduced revenues in those businesses uh, then what we'll likely see is, is those same businesses doing exactly what uh, homeowners are doing and decreasing their own expenses uh, which in turn could result in some layoffs however as I mentioned earlier uh, you know a lot of those organizations are already struggling to fill positions uh, to meet the current demand uh, so we may not see as significant of an impact in layoffs in those industries that we would have perhaps otherwise expected. And I guess tough economic times do often result in increased job losses, to your point, right? Because as businesses um, are challenged from a revenue perspective, they've got, they do have to cut costs, and sometimes that is in their workforce. So, Dr. Fang, what job sectors would be most at risk during a recession, I guess both nationally and, more importantly, uh, here at home in Newfoundland? Yeah, well, you know, usually those industries are very sensitive to, uh, you know, high interest rate, right? You know, the cost of borrowing uh, would be, you know, like the financial industry, for example, banking industry and the high tech industry and so on. So we already experienced some kind of layoffs in those sectors and probably this trend will, to some extent, will continue. So, uh, so uh, you know, I agree with Jason, you know, number of, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, strategies might be able to adopt it, for example, reduce, you know, you know, you know, causing discretional spending, you know, for both household but also businesses and increase alternative source of revenue. And especially because, you know, the technology is, is actually uh, uh, advancing so rapidly because, you know, the AI, artificial intelligence and big data and uh, 
alternative, uh, you know, uh, kind of, uh, I don't want digital technology and so on, to some extent could potentially, uh, you know, uh, reduce, uh, you know, cost, you know, uh, increase efficiency, and also could, uh, you know, help foster new business models, new products, new services that could help business uh, be more agile in those, uh, you know, uh, areas uncertainty and uh, and and rapid changes. Uh, the other aspect is that I think it's also important to you know uh, make the payment on time. For example, mortgage payments, credit card payments. You know, usual link with high interest rates, and uh, also hold on the jobs. I think it's any anticipation of this um, contraction or recession, and it's very important, especially use to hold on the jobs, even they are you know temporary part-time contract jobs. And sometimes also you could think about, uh, you know, taking on a second job, uh, you know, uh, you know, because, you know, the uh, potential risk ahead and also, uh, you know, increase the savings for rainy days and so on and so forth. That really, I think it would be a, a important line defense, right, uh, in anticipation of the um, uh, labor market contraction and economic contraction. That's some great advice, Dr. Fang. And Jason, you know, we've been talking about the first half of the year being tough. So from that perspective, what advice do you have for listeners? What should they be doing or maybe what shouldn't they be doing um, as they prepare and, and try to protect themselves financially? Yeah, you know, I, th- I think my advice for listeners would not be that different uh, uh, today than it would be any other time, but perhaps more more disciplined. Uh, if, you know, if they have not already done so, I would suggest they prepare a monthly budget or annual budget, and uh, if at all possible, put some money away in savings, uh, as Dr. Fang had mentioned, uh, you know, to help weather any future recession and any direct impacts that, you know, they may have on their household. And in preparing that budget, I would say they should also consider the potential impacts a change in interest rates may have on their payments. So, you know, don't just assume the payments are what they are today. If your mortgage is coming up for renewal, sort of start thinking about that early. Um, and certainly if, if in considering those higher interest rates, if their mortgage payment is expected to go up by X amount and that's causing sort of challenges to their, to their, uh, to their budget, I would say that if they're already seeing sort of the cracks in the near future uh, as a result of that interest rate change or anything else, uh, and they're less confident in their own personal financial picture, I would say they should reach out to a professional for support. Uh, you know, they should go get advice early uh, and certainly in advance of locking in renewed terms on loans and mortgages, etc. Uh, you know, having that conversation with a professional may very well help them uh, reorganize things in a way that makes, uh, you know, their payments more manageable and sustainable. No, for sure. Budget is definitely the best place to start. And we talk about that a lot, but I read a survey recently that said 60% of Canadians actually don't have a household budget or don't follow one regularly. And I think many Canadians right now are relying on credit to supplement their income because there's been such a dramatic increase in interest rates and the cost of living. And if you don't have a budget, you actually don't know to the extent you're doing that and how much danger you you could be in or, or the hurt that you're putting on your finances by doing that. So 
So, you know, starting with the budget, Jason, I think is the best advice, right? Look at what do you have coming in as income? What do you have going out? Because that will tell you if you are or to what extent you are actually relying on credit to meet your monthly uh, commitments and whether or not, you know, it's time to reach out and get some advice or, or get some support when it comes to that. We know household debt is a huge concern here in Canada. We've been hearing warnings for some time now about the level of debt that Canadians are carrying. So, Dr. Fang, how concerning is this? And I guess what will a recession mean for Canadians that are already finding themselves in significant debt? Yeah, that's exactly, you know, the, uh, for example, StatsCan recently uh, released, uh, released a report on the uh, the Canadian debt to income ratio, uh, you know, which you know, the, they are both uh, good news and bad news. Uh, the bad news is that the ratio has reached, uh, you know, uh, historical high, you know, to almost uh, 180%. Uh, of the disposable household, uh, household income. Uh, the, the good news is that, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, uh, the growth rate of that ratio has, uh, has snowed, uh, slowed down. So meaning that, you know, the, the Canadians probably listened, uh, you know, to financial advice like Jason, right, on how to be more disciplined during the uncertain times and the anticipation of the economic contraction and recession. And uh, so, so yeah. In many ways, I think it is, uh, you know, certainly increase if uh, interest rate maintain that high, right, for a considerable period of time. We'll see, you know, the annual raise in uh, uh, cost of living. You know, there's no uh, surprise on that front. Uh, but on the other side, you know, the bright side is that you know the uh, uh, the debt ratio has not significantly increased uh, as of now, but um, you know, uh, but maybe changing next year. Uh, the second thing is that along with high inflation and the uh, the wage rate also has increased, right? We already mentioned that the wage inflation is as high five percent. To some extent, it can offset you know high cost of living, and uh, so. Yeah, so that's the um, you know the the price side uh, of the uh, recent reports, and um, so what I just suggest earlier, in addition to having a budget uh, for the household, I think also we need to be uh, prudent in terms to be ready uh, for the labor market. Even you have a job right now, maybe you have to you know uh, pay uh, you know close attention to the labor market needs, right? The kind of uh, skills and knowledge, ability uh, that are required to find next job available to us because, you know, we mentioned that, you know, there's substantial change in economic structure, the supply and demand, uh, but also there's, uh, you know, quite dramatic uh, change in technologies, right, and especially AI, for example, which may actually uh, require, you know, new kind of competences for future labor market participants, especially youth. I think it's uh, important because a lot of jobs can, you know, be automated by AI, you know, including those, you know, computer programming jobs, you know, uh, admin secretary kind of jobs, and even some, uh, you know, conventional legal services and so on, maybe financial services as well. So I think, you know, many ways we have to be more uh, conscious about the change in uh, economic structure, but also change in labor market structure. So be prepared 
for the dramatic changes in, in next year and maybe in the, in the near future. I think that's some good advice, Dr. Fang. And, you know, we, we've been talking about how tough times there will be in the first half of the year, but the Bank of Canada also describes 2024 as a year of transition. So we're going to focus on the positive and that transition uh, when we come back. So please stay with us. Get lost in the music of legendary artists like Elton John, The Beatles, and more. Join Claudette Barnes every Sunday from 12 to 1 p.m. and relive fond memories through the power of music with Sunday Melodies on your VOC. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada, right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. So joining me today is Jason Hilliard. He's the CEO of the Charter Professional Accountants of Newfoundland and Labrador, and Professor Tony Fang from Memorial University's Department of Economics. So we've been talking about the current economy and, of course, the concerns that so many have for this coming year. We have ongoing uh, inflation, high interest rates, and, of course, concerns pertaining to the recession. But I want to go back to the end of the year address of uh, Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Mecklem. So while he did indicate that the first half of the year will be tough, he also called 2024 a year of transition. So let's focus a little bit on that now. So maybe we can give our listeners something to look forward to, right? And end the show on a bit of a positive note, because we have had a little bit of doom and gloom through the first couple uh, of segments in, in our discussion. The expectation, I think, is that we are nearing the end of economic uncertainty, and I hope that's the case, and that by the end of the year, or certainly early 2025, we could see interest rates coming down. And while we may never see the low rates that we have become accustomed to, rates are expected to at least come down as opposed to staying flat or or continuing to increase like we've seen over the last 18 months. So I guess I'll start with you, uh, Dr. Fang. Do you agree with the Bank of Canada governor that this year will be a year of transition? Yeah, to a large extent, I would you know, agree with the Bank of Canada governor. This is will be year, uh, splitting year or year in transition because the first half of the year will be tough because I just mentioned that inflation rate it remains uh, sticky, especially with core items, energy and uh, and the food items. And then at the same time, the high inflation will stay with us. So it's the first half of the year. So which will increase dramatically the consumption cost and the housing cost, mortgage cost, uh, and investment costs, among other things. So certainly the investors and the consumers, especially mid-income households and the youth, uh, will feel the pain. And uh, the second half will be a little bit brighter because, you know, I would imagine the government, uh, uh, the uh, Bank of Canada would uh, do something to reduce the interest rate. And uh, among other things, hopefully uh, the federal and provincial government will also do something uh, to ease the pain, uh, including the physical policy. I mean, there's certain limit uh, in terms of uh, what the federal government can do because, you know, as economic contracts, so the uh, government physical balances. And uh, the other aspect is that, uh, you know, the, the provincial government can do something, for example, recent uh, policy change in terms of rebating on HSAT and the new rental construction project to increase affordable housing, and especially in line of the, uh, you know, dramatic increase in immigration, right, would, uh, you know, play, on one hand, it would offset uh, you know, the economic, uh, 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 you know, c- contraction and a foster, um, you know, labor and uh, skill uh, growth and economic growth. 
So on the other hand, it could actually, you know, on the other hand, put pressure on the housing market, the education markets, and healthcare market. And uh, so certainly with concerted efforts uh, of the Bank of Canada, uh, monetary policy, physical policy, provincial policy programs, hopefully we have much uh, better uh, second half of next year. I'm very hopeful. Yeah, I think everyone is hoping that you're right about that. <laughs> so, Jason, maybe you can share your thoughts about what you expect as the year unfolds. Yeah, you know, I, I certainly share some of the comments just made uh, as well. You know, I, I think uh, with the housing affordability crisis, I, I think, you know, we will see a significant amount of work and, and growth in that area as, as new homes are, are, are built uh, and, and with government policy sort of pushing that way to try to get some additional affordable housing. So I think that's a, a good sign. I think as well, you know, everything we're seeing both nationally and provincially on you know, to transition to the green economy. Uh, you know, all I can see on the horizon is a, is sort of a ton of work. Um, and and you know, I think for those that are out there that are that you know don't feel that they have the skills ready to to tackle that green economy or or to have a significant role to play in that economy. You know, it's a year to uh, try to align your skills, get additional training. Certainly, uh, in our profession, the CPA profession. The demand has never been greater. Uh, you know, we need more and more people. So, uh, you know, but on, on the green economy front, if, uh, you know, skilled trades, the various programs that are going on for uh, the windmills and whatnot that we expect to be coming. Like, to me, there's there's a ton of initiatives and, and uh, good paying jobs sort of right on the horizon. Um, so, you know, I think uh, if, if you're finding yourself in a more challenging spot this year, you know, it, it might be a very good time to uh, to work on your skills and, and help yourself be ready for that transition and, and set yourself up for future success. You know, I think that's some great advice, Jason. So whether, you know, you're somewhere where you can talk to your employer about reskilling and there may be programs within your current uh, employer that will help you with uh, the cost of, of additional education, you know, if you're coming out of school and wondering, you know, what am I going to do with my life? You know, I, I would research these things, right, to see what are the jobs that are up and coming and, and making the decision on the schooling that you want to undertake. And, and to your point, if you find yourself out of work, uh, the government does have programs, right, where they will pay for retooling and reschooling um, if you're currently uh, on, on unemployment insurance. So, you know, look into all that. It's a great way to prepare yourself for what's coming in the future and, and kind of uh, protect yourself and, and your finances and make sure that you are, you know, uh, positioning yourself for success when it comes to that. So I guess one last question for you both, some final advice before we move into our final thoughts for, for the program. Uh, Dr. Peng, what advice can you share with our listeners on weathering this economic uncertainty as we move uh, through 2024? Well, yeah, that's, uh, you know, good question here. So, you know, it depends on, you know, the individual groups we're talking about, right? For that being, I mentioned the homeowners, you know, really have to be, you know, disciplined in you know, spending, uh, given a high mortgage rate down the road. And, uh, you know, as, uh, suggested by Jason, maybe we should have a, a, a budget for the household spending. That's very important. And for the uh, middle low income household, I think it's also very important to you know reduce your household debts 
uh, you know, especially talking about, uh, you know, credit card payments, mortgage payments, and other kind of discretionary spending during the top economic times. And for use, I think it's very important to, you know, um, also manage your finance in a more effective manner. And, uh, uh, you know, for example, uh, you know, keep on your, your part-time jobs uh, when you're there and even pick up second job. And uh, for international students, I think, you know, it's because you know, they have sometimes have to pay the double tuition fees, the house, you know, the cost of living also can be very high because they don't have, uh, you know, a family to rely on. So I think it's very important to be connected with labor market, with the support of the uh, university career services, right? Get a timely labor market information, and uh, and also uh, you know uh, maybe think about second job. And uh, on the civil lining parts, I think uh, compared with the rest of Canada and Newfoundland Labrador, actually uh, you know is in this kind of sweet spot because we expect you know uh, uh, you know significant increase in oil. Outputs and uh, that would boost provincial economy uh, for next year. And we also, uh, uh, you know, uh, observe relatively low household debt ratios that offers a buffer for household dealing with uh, mortgage renewers during high interest rates. And finally, um, you know, we accept a large number of immigrants, international students uh, in the recent years, which couldn't, certainly could mitigate uh, labor shortages and both economic growth. And uh, at the same time, we have to, you know, come up with, uh, you know, a holistic uh, policy and a strategy to help uh, the settlement integration of newcomers and make sure they can utilize their skills, ability, and knowledge and make meaningful contribution to the provincial and national economy. That's great, Dr. Fang. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time uh, to join us today. So, Jason, we've got about a minute left. If I can turn to you for a final thought for our listeners today. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, from my my vantage point, I would say, you know, back to the finances piece, sort of, uh, you know, Check your finances, I guess, and, and make sure you understand them. If, if you're not comfortable on how to prepare a budget, you know, seek some advice. Uh, a good spot to start, though, is, you know, to, to look at where you've, uh, what money you've brought in and, and what money you've spent in the last year and record all that and categorize it. And that'll sort of paint the picture uh, likely of what you can expect for the year to come and, and adjust uh, accordingly. Um, you know, if you need to make extra revenue, we've talked about the housing crisis and whatnot. If you have an extra room in your home and you uh, are comfortable sort of leasing it out or, or letting it out, uh, uh, you know, that may very well be a great way to uh, augment your income and uh, help solve one of our provinces or one of the provinces problems as well in the process. So, uh, but budget, I guess, is, would be my final comment. Yeah, I think that's some great advice and it's so important. If you're out there struggling, you know, you're going through your budget, you're not sure where you may be able to trim, you want some help, certainly reach out. That's what we're here for. We're here to, to go through your finances and provide you with the right advice to get you back on track. Also, you know, if you have a comment or question or topic that you'd like me to discuss here on Your Money, you can email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or call me at 800-563-8337. Until next week, stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoney@bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, License Insolvency Trustees on your VOCM.